Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. How are we all? I hope you're all doing good. I am currently home alone in my student house. It's now Sunday. I've been here on my own since Friday and my housemates aren't coming back until like, not this Monday, but like next Monday. So it's like 10 days of being alone in a student house. Now, I actually really like being home alone. I don't know why. I thrive in an environment when I'm on my own, which is why I want to live on my own. I really enjoy it. I feel like I get a lot more done. I really like it as well because I love making all my cooking videos. I find it really, really difficult to do that when it's a shared kitchen, which is such a first world problem. I know it's nothing to complain about whatsoever. But yeah, I just find I'm way more on top of things um, when it comes to like doing my cooking stuff because I love cooking so much, but like cooking in a shared kitchen, it's not the vibe, you know? So anyway... I was kind of looking forward to this time on my own and then I realised, you know what, this is really depressing because (laughs) it's okay if I have other people to meet up with. Well, to be fair, there are people here I can meet up with. But because I have, I handed in some assignments last week, but I've got one more to go. And I was like, see, 10 days of me just waking up every morning in this house of my own and having to do work for this assignment, I'm going to end up going completely star crazy. Well, because I can't really, like, I don't want to go out. I I went to a drag queen show on Thursday. That was really fun. If you're from Leeds, Dry Dock has a drag queen night on a Thursday. And the drag queen's from Belfast. She was incredible, may I add. So I would definitely be back at that. However, because I have an assignment, I don't want to be going out. I don't want to be spending my time, my days hungover. Like on Friday, I literally, I got out of bed once. And that was to pick up my takeaway from the front door. Oh, actually, that's a lie. I got out a second time to go put my pizza on. So yeah, real productive day on Friday. I do not understand people that can just get up and carry on with their day when they're hungover. I am bad bound. It is blocked off in the diary if I know I'm going out. Yeah, because I'm not going out now and I'm just getting work done for this assignment. I was like, I actually can't do 10 days of this. And you know what? I don't need 10 days. You can actually bang out work when you have to in way shorter than what you think you can, I think. I mean, probably not like a dissertation or anything, but you know, just like a a small assignment, you can 100% just knuckle down and get it done in a day or two. So I was like, why the fuck am I letting myself stress about this for 10 days, being alone in a house and not doing anything else when I could get this done in two days and then it'd be summer? So that's what I've decided I'm going to do. I'm going to have it done for Tuesday and then I'm going to London on Wednesday, which I'm really excited about. I've been invited to an event on the Wednesday night and then I'm just going to meet some friends, chill, you know, go to some parks, just have a nice time in London. Hopefully the weather is good, fingers crossed, because that would be so nice. I love London when it's sunny. So if anyone's listening to this and you have a deadline looming over you and you're really dragging it out to just submit it on that day I'm telling you now you can do it in way less time than that and then it's summer and you can live your best life it's hot girl summer baby now I know this sounds ridiculous but not everyone actually likes summer for a lot of people the thought of having that much free time and not really knowing what to do with it or 
you know, kind of navigating what is your purpose on a day-to-day basis if you don't have anything scheduled in. Because, I, yeah, it can be a bit intimidating. I was talking to my friend about this the other day and she was like, no, I'm so anxious about how much time I'm going to have on my hands. Like, I'm literally not going to know what to do with myself. If you're feeling like that, just get a wee summer job and then you don't have to commit to anything. This was always my fear. It was like, do I get a job and then I'm like giving my whole summer away because I'm committing to working for them or do I just live my best life? But you can't live your best life without having the money from the job, you know? So you need to find a balance. And I just always have a rule, if it gets to a point where they're expecting too much of you and it's just not worth it anymore and you're missing out on way too much, just quit. Find another job. Let me tell you, the hospitality industry is crying out for workers right now. I can guarantee you if you left the job, you'd have another one within the space of a week. And you know what? I think our generation are actually really good with this. I think like our parents' generations and stuff are very like, no, when you have a job, you have to, you know, you have to commit to it. You've got to give your all. What about that reference, all this? But I think our generation is actually really good with just being like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about like career jobs, obviously, because, you know, there's there's times in proper big boy, big girl jobs where you just have to bite your tongue, I guess. But I'm talking just a summer job. If someone's treating you like shit, if someone's not granting you your holiday leave when, especially when you're on a zero hour contract, like the audacity of people to be like, you have to stay here and can't go on holiday, but we're not contracting you to any hours. No, so ridiculous, honestly. Sack it for your holiday and then work right up until your holiday and then sack it and then come back and get a new one. No big deal. Don't need to deep it. I'm also going to put a list together of like things that I want to do in Northern Ireland this summer because I'm going to be home for most of July and August apart from the odd weekend away here and there. But I always find there's so many things I want to do that I haven't done, whether it's in Belfast or Northern Ireland or all over Ireland. And when I have the time, I just completely forget what those things are. But then when I don't have the time, I'm like, oh, I wish I did this or I wish I did that. So I'm going to try and write a little list just in my phone of things that I can do if I have a free day or a free weekend or whatever. So I'd advise you all to do the same because there's nothing worse than looking back on time and being like, I could have done so much more with that. And that's not to say that you always have to do loads with your time, like not at all. Sometimes the best thing for you is to just chill and be happy with not doing anything and lying out in the sun and reading or listening to music or whatever it is like you need that time to recuperate as well especially if you've you know just been sweating it out for ages with exams and deadlines and all that shit sometimes it's so nice to just chill but I just hate when I look back on a time where I was maybe bored and I was thinking what can I do and then I think of all these things after so yeah that's how I'm gonna make the list it can literally be little things like bringing your dog to a different beach that you haven't been to or cycling in what is it called the Titanic quarter I still want to do that I don't know why I haven't done that renting the Belfast bikes out and cycling around the Titanic quarter I've never been to the Guinness factory um I'm trying to think of other things but I really can't I don't know I would love to be able to say I've done all the Mourn Mountains because I'm pretty sure I've only done two So yeah, if anyone's feeling a bit lost, don't know what to do with your summer, have a list, maybe get a job, but don't deep it. (laughs) 
And take up a new hobby. I really want to learn how to crochet. was watching one of my housemates do it the other day and I was like, oh my god, this is the most satisfying thing to watch in the world. And then I spent the whole evening watching crocheting videos on YouTube and now I'm like, I have to start this. So yeah, if if the weather's good and I can just sit outside and learn how to crochet, I'd fucking love that. Honestly, I see myself being a wee granny by the time I'm finished uni. This is how I see my life. (laughs) Do you know the way everyone has like something in mind, whether it's a job or family or this amount of kids and this house? I don't see that. This is what I see. (laughs) I see myself doing yoga. I see myself reading loads of books, like one a week. And I see myself crocheting. And I think I'm a simple person. I think that would actually make me happy, you know? I don't know. Maybe maybe that's very naive of me to say. Also, you really need money to sustain that that lifestyle of knitting and reading. <laughs> like, you can't just sit on your arse and do nothing all day. But yeah, I really envision this granny lifestyle for me in my 20s. And I don't think that's normal. Oh, by the way, quick plug. If you're from Belfast, I'm going to be taking yoga classes throughout July and August. Um, I'm going to be taking one on a Wednesday night in South Belfast and one on a Thursday night in East Belfast. I will have my booking system up soon. Uh, It's something I need to do over the next week or two. But yeah, keep an eye out if you're interested. I'm going to keep the classes to £5 just so they're accessible because I know sometimes yoga can be quite expensive and hard to get into, especially as a young person or a student. If there is a demand for it, I would 100% add another class, but I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. (laughs) That's just hoping that it goes well. So fingers crossed it does. Um, But yeah, really excited about that. Really excited to meet some of you guys. And just to start this new hobby, just to start teaching yoga. It's so cool. It's something I've been into for literally so long, like as long as I can remember. Well, I think I started it basically when I stopped gymnastics when I was like 12. I was like, oh, I really need to keep on my flexibility. So I would go with my mum to yoga and literally since the age of 12, I've been doing it. It's just such an incredible thing for you in terms of for you physically and like your mobility and flexibility and everything and as well for your mind and your mental health it's all just you know it's just the best thing ever so I can't wait to start that and I will definitely be doing a podcast talking about my whole experience with my yoga teacher training and everything that it's taught me and just like a yoga focused podcast if anyone's interested. I'm gonna try and pre-record an episode or two so that when I'm away I can kind of publish one every 10 days or two weeks. I don't know, we'll see how it goes in terms of how frantic I am uh, when I go home and how much I have to do but I will try and pre-record a few so that you're not waiting like five weeks between one episode and the next. Okay, sorry for that unnecessarily long intro this is what I always seem to do last week's episode last week's episode's intro turned into the whole podcast so I'll not let that happen this time 
<laughs> yeah, last week's episode was supposed to be what I'm talking about today, which is the realities of university. But I ended up going on a politics rant and religion rant and abortion rant. So I'm back with the realities of university. I thought this topic was an important one to cover because I've just, well, I've been in a bit of a slump recently. I mean, I'm always in and out of slumps, you know, I I feel like that's, I don't know if that's normal actually, is it? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, I always feel like I'm in and out of slumps and I'm always like, I go from being really accepting of the fact that I don't know what I'm doing and loving that and enjoying that and seeing it as kind of like part of the part of life part of the fun of life and then I jump from the whole opposite side of the spectrum of being like existential crisis what the fuck am I doing I have no purpose laddie body blah yeah the existential I was gonna say crises but I think it's crises isn't it oh Jesus I don't even know they're a common occurrence for me and it happened recently and I was like I need to talk I was talking to one of my housemates about it because she often feels the same and I was like do you know what I need to voice this on a podcast because the last time I properly spoke about this was my very first episode where I talked about my university experience when I was 18 and dropping out and you know the realities of that and everything that came with it and the mental health aspect as well and that episode popped off. <laughs> I still get traction on my podcast from that episode alone to this day. It's definitely a topic that needs to be spoken about more. And I think for a lot of people it was refreshing to hear it be to hear someone actually be honest about their university experience and not just sugarcoat it and be like, oh, best three years of my life. So yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. I apologize for how it sounds though (laughs) I didn't know how to edit podcasts back then it was like it literally was my first episode I didn't know how to edit anything I didn't have my mic I was like borrowing my mum's work mic or something so apologies in advance for the quality but that episode was very much focused on my experience you know at that time when I was 18 I was kind of talking about all of that when I dropped out so this time I'm going to talk more generally about the realities of university and you know how I've been experiencing it this time around and just discussing a lot of the things I think people do think but they just don't voice so yeah let's get into it okay first of all I think we're actually going well not going but maybe potentially going to go through a huge change in the whole university thing okay hear me out so I don't know if anyone has seen but the Tories are planning on increasing university fees and increasing the interest on them and increasing the amount of time to pay it off so I think at the minute it's really really low interest because I remember my parents always being like it's literally the lowest interest of a loan you'll ever get in your entire life so don't worry about the debt because you know you're not gonna have huge amounts of interest to pay so that's being changed it's going up drastically so what was the second bit oh yeah sorry sorry the other bit is the fees are actually going up which is obscene they're already nine grand a year 
what do you want to what could you possibly want to up it to do you think people want to come out of uni with 50 grand's worth of debt now it's so ridiculous and it's just gonna push people away from the education system it's gonna grow the gap even further between the rich and the poor because who the fuck wants to come out of university with 50 grand debt and then the other thing was increasing the time that you have to pay it off. So currently you have, I want to say 30 years from when you start paying it off. And if you haven't finished paying it off by then, it just gets wiped. So basically, so say, I don't know if this is the average person, but let's say someone finishes their degree at the age of 22, starts paying off their loan at 23 once they hit 53 if it's not all paid back by then they don't have to pay anymore I'm pretty sure so they're now upping that to 40 but because of the interest on the loan the amounts you're paying is absolutely insane I remember seeing the figures broken down and I was like holy fuck it's no longer a loan that just gradually comes out of your bank account, very small percentage, don't even notice it, you know, that type of thing. It's really not like going to be like that anymore from what I understand. And I think we've gone from this, like, so not everyone went to uni in our, well, definitely not in our grandparents' age, but in our parents' age, it wasn't, like a lot of people just kind of just went straight into work there's a lot of jobs now that you didn't necessarily need to go to uni for in their day, that is. So now we're at a time when so many people are going to university and I think this is going to flip that and we're going to go back to what it was like for our parents whereby you only go if you had to type of thing for, say, to do medicine or to do nursing, like to do things where you have to go to uni. I think... There's no way if they're going to increase it this much, you're going to catch people just doing a business and marketing degree to to get three years out of work if it's going to result in a ridiculous loan that you're going to be paying off for the rest of your life when you could go straight into a job that you would be applying for after those three years anyway. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense. So I don't think the government are actually going to benefit from this as much as they are anticipating because I think it's really going to flip it the other way. Like, I know if I had kids and that was the case, I'd definitely be like, do not bother yourself with that. Like, if you want three years of fucking around, just get a bar job or something. You don't have to commit to going into the big, bad corporate world if you don't want to. I mean, you don't ever have to if you don't want to. But if it's three years of fucking about that you want... You don't need to be in a 50 grand debt for that. Anyway, let's get on to the the realities of it. Or the expectations, shall we say, because it's when your expectations or something are are too high for whatever reason and then the reality doesn't meet that. That's when there's a bit of a shock to the system. And I think that's what happened to me. It was really fed to me. Well, it's fed to everyone. I think that university is the best years of your life. You'll never get to do this again. You're, it's the first time away from home. You know, you're meeting so many new people. You think you're going to be out literally four nights a week, 
meeting people constantly in all the different societies that you want to be in, going to all the all the socials. In my head, I was like, I'm never going to be spending a second alone. I'm going to be living with friends. I'm going to be going to class with friends. I'm going to be going to the society things and the socials with friends. I think I literally thought it was like, you were taking your friend group from school. Well, obviously, I wasn't going to the same place as them, but you know, you were taking that thing of like always being together in school and then you were like magnifying it by always being together from when you woke up to when you went to sleep, basically. Like the fact that you actually have to go to lectures, do assignments, exams, all these things, I don't even think that ever crossed my mind. <laughs> like they don't, they really sugarcoat it a lot for you in school. They don't really remind you of the fact that, you know what, actually you are there to get a degree. <laughs> and you do have to pass if you know you don't want to waste nine grand so yeah it's fed to you all this time of your life type of thing you never really hear otherwise do you know like when do you hear your parents friends talking about how much they hated Birmingham and came home after a month you never hear it do you know what I mean those people don't talk about that They'll talk about the other son that is having the fucking time of his life doing medicine in Liverpool and can't wait to be a heart surgeon. I don't know. (laughs) All these things that make you think this is going to be incredible. And the reality is that you're shipped away from home. No one talks about how fucking annoying it is being across the water as well. Like the fact that English people can just get a train back home or even better drive and it's got a fucking flight. It's so annoying. Also, why is there not a... If we literally have a train to Paris from London, obviously there can be one from Ireland to England. Do you know what I mean? Come on. I'm literally crying out for that. Anyway, where was I? (laughs) Yeah, so reality is you're chucked in. You're shipped overseas. You've got suitcases of stuff you have to set up in these depressing rooms I'm sorry I know student halls these days are more modernized but there's just something really prisonish about or like mental asylum-ish about halls it's like the way the windows only open a centimeter and all the like grey walls and the corridors. Ugh. Sorry, those corridors actually give me nightmares. Also, just the way they're laid out. They're not laid out for meeting people. They're all very much separate flats. If you don't get on with your flatmates, it's really difficult to meet people outside of that in your halls because they don't really do like the whole catered halls anymore where it was just corridors of rooms and everyone in the building would be meeting each other at all the time and going to get their breakfast and dinner together because it was catered. You don't really hear of that so much anymore. Like all of those old ones are kind of getting knocked down and rebuilt into modern flat halls. So yeah, you're chucked into this box room. You're surrounded by people that aren't necessarily your people. Now don't get me wrong, people sometimes get very lucky and hit it off with a flatmate or meet someone who then has a group of friends and you just get automatically accepted in there or 
there are these situations that happen where people do end up finding their people. But the reality is, is that you're in a city of thousands and thousands and thousands of students and the chances of you finding your people, no, that's really negative of me to say, I don't want to say are slim. They're not slim, it's possible. But it's hard. It's really, really difficult. Like, how do you know who to put in effort with? Or like, if you're not vibing with some people, should you just stop putting in effort with them and start going to other places and trying to look for friends there like it's so difficult to know what to do and to know how to navigate it and the reality is is that a lot of these people probably aren't on your wavelength you know they're from different places different backgrounds have had different upbringings all these different things and that doesn't make them bad people it doesn't make you a bad person it just means you don't maybe click you've got a very surface level relationship and that's fine that serves a purpose at times you know that's okay, but it's not really how you envision your time spent there. You know, I always had it in my head. I'm going to literally make friends for life. And there's probably people listening to this that have done that. And I've done that too. Like I've met a few people I know that I will always keep in contact with. I'm not saying that I haven't. I'm just saying, I think I thought going into it, I was going to have like this close knit friend group that was like, what you see in the movies type of thing, you know, sex in the city vibes or what else? Like 90210, you know, like that boy girl group. Everyone's so close knit, all go out all the time together, praise at each other's houses, always just like, even when you're not doing anything, you're just lying on the sofa together watching TV. That's what I had in my head. And that's so far from the reality of it. And don't get me wrong, it is different for everyone. Like, for loads of people, they'll go to somewhere where it's quite a common place for people to go to from that place. Did that make any sense? <laughs> I'll give you an example. A lot of people from the Jewish community in North London come to Leeds or a lot of people from Belfast go to Newcastle or Liverpool or a lot of people from Manchester go to Sheffield. You know what I mean? There's always going to be those places that have little groups within them where they'll kind of know everyone. And that makes it a lot easier for them. Like my brother in Newcastle. He's just always lived with his school friends. Which at the time I used to turn my nose up at and be like, oh, come on, branch out a bit type of thing. You know, you've had this for the last seven years of your life. You can meet other people. But there's actually nothing wrong with it. If you're good friends with people and you're close with them and you have a good time with them, why not make your life a bit easier and do that? So yeah, I don't know about anyone else. Like if that was everyone else's expectation in terms of friends going into uni. But that was definitely mine. And looking back on it, it was probably quite naive of me to think that. And also it takes a lot of effort, a lot of constantly making yourself go to things that you don't necessarily want to go to just in case you happen to meet someone that you click with or that you get introduced to and then you get an invite somewhere else like all these different things it's literally like networking (laughs) and if you're not someone that likes going out all the time or maybe you've got a part-time job or maybe your course is really intense and you have so much work to do when you come home and you can't be going out all the time it it's really difficult like I'm not one for going out all the time I 
come back at dinner time and I'm either editing and going to bed or reading and going to bed or watching TV and going to bed. You will not catch me out trying to make friends during the week. It's just not happening. (laughs) I think the main issue with that though is at the start when everything is very surface level it can actually make you feel so isolated like obviously you're not gonna have deep connections with people and really good friendships with people they're they are just gonna be very much a going out with kind of friendship until it develops into something else and I think that initial kind of period can yeah it can just make you feel so isolated I remember looking at stories of my friends out with people and just thinking oh my god I'm really struggling here and I feel like no one else is even last year I remember thinking do you know what we're not in a lockdown I know clubs aren't open but I'll still be able to meet people at the yeah it was like when you could go to bars and sit outside I was like, I'll still be able to meet people that way. You'll There'll still be parties going on, all that kind of stuff. But the reality was, is that you had to stay at your table. You know, you couldn't go and talk to randomers. Even in the fucking smoking areas, there were psychos. So how were you ever going to find out about any of these parties or meet any of these people if you weren't even allowed to like, go up and speak to them in these situations? Trust me, I've had my fair share of feeling isolated at university. I think it is really important to make the effort to go to class. I know there's a lot of people that don't bother and just catch up with everything online. I personally couldn't do that. I'd be freaking out if I did that. I'd literally be having, I'd be a walking panic attack. (laughs) Um, I think it is really important though to do that, to just to meet people in your class that are doing the same thing. You've got people to turn to if you're having issues with anything. You've got people to sit with, you know, all that kind of stuff. I also think like even if you're not the most sporty person because like not all societies are sports there's definitely ones that are I don't know I I swear there's like a vegetarian society like there's lots of different societies for different things there's a fucking surf society in Leeds and like trust me there's no sea in Leeds (laughs) no one is surfing it's just a made-up society for people to meet other people and go out with so definitely join a society you don't have to be super into anything. Like, it can be anything. And you can be a social member. I didn't know that until this year. But you can be a social member of a society where you don't go to the... Like, say you were a social member of dance. You wouldn't be on the teams. You wouldn't be going to the dance classes. But you'd be at all the socials. Which, can I just say, by the way, these sports socials, they're really just... They're not... I don't know how to say this without sounding like a bitch because it's not that I don't appreciate that what people are putting on and the effort that they're going to to host these socials but something about them is so cringe. First of all I hate fancy dress like why is every social fancy dress and the chance I'm sorry but the chance no and just the whole all the drinking games everything like it's all just like forced fun do you know what I mean? And I just don't find force fun fun. <laughs> I sound like I'm being a Debbie Downer now, but I really, I struggle to get on board with those 
socials. I tried to make myself go to one of them at the start. I think I ended up going to two. I went to the Christmas one as well, so I went to two. The Christmas one was good, though, because it was like Christmas dinner. You could dress up, as in dress nice, not fancy dress. I don't know why I have a vendetta against fancy dress. But there are societies of things that don't do like socials like that. They'll just go to the pub type of thing or go to the Shinjunyan. So don't be put off by me saying that. I think another thing that I really wasn't expecting was how hard it is to go from, to jump from classroom teaching, classroom style teaching, you know, what happens in school, to having lectures in a big 200 person lecture theatre. No, I don't have that. I'm kind of referring to when I was doing, when I was at Liverpool doing maths. Yeah, my, well, actually, I think everyone's lectures are kind of just online now. I mean, I'm kind of speaking for myself, but I'm pretty sure lectures are kind of done with because since COVID, I think they're all just online and then you just go in for your tutorials and your, that type of thing. But I think that jump was really intimidating you know, going from having so much support in the classroom, one-to-one attention if you needed it, if you were stuck on something, to all of a sudden having to manage your workload and try and keep up in class because a lot of the time you actually don't have a fucking clue what's going on. And see, trying to keep up with something when you don't know what's going on, it's impossible. (laughs) Let me tell you, when a lecturer is talking about imaginary numbers at the front of a lecture hall, and it sounds like gibberish is coming out of his mouth. It's very hard to stay on top of. Because <laughs> you don't know what you're missing. Do you know what I mean? It's impo- uh, I can't even describe how difficult that was. Luckily for me, my course now, there's nothing I don't understand. It's all stuff that's very up my street. But that was another big kind of, you know, reality that I was like, oh shit, didn't really think about this. <laughs> I think as well... Because in school, I mean, not in every subject, like not with every teacher was like this, but a lot of the times you really felt like the teacher was rooting for you. You felt like they cared about you. You felt like they cared about how well you did and, you know, what your potential was. And, you know, if you weren't reaching your potential, they would try and implement things to help you reach your potential, that type of thing. And then when you go into a situation where you're just like one in hundreds of people on a course, you all of a sudden feel like no one actually cares about you. No one cares if you do well. No one cares if you don't hand in your assignments. You're just going to fail them. You're not going to actually get anyone like chasing it up. No one cares if you don't show up to class until your percentage reaches a certain amount. And then even then you just get an automatic email. It's not even like someone actually being like, are you okay? Why have you not been coming to class? Do you need any support? So you all of a sudden go from feeling cared about and feeling like everyone has your best interest at heart. Now, I don't know if teachers actually do that or if it's more for them because, you know, it probably looks good on them if their students do well to then feeling like you're just one in a million, you know, just another fish in the sea. And that can be really difficult to motivate yourself to keep going because you kind of just think, well, why? Like, who does it matter to if I don't keep going? And student welfare, let me tell you, is dreadful. 
Well, no, sorry, that's really harsh. Student welfare itself is probably very good, but the waiting lists for it are dreadful. So, I mean, nine times out of ten, you don't even really get to experience having any form of support from student welfare because the waiting lists are so long. It's just another case of anything to do with mental health being severely underfunded, which is such a shame because it's such a time in people's lives where they are so likely to experience mental health issues. I'm not sure what the stats are on it, but I'm sure the stats of students that experience mental health problems as a result of university is sky high, I would say. And unfortunately, they just don't have the resources to back it. Which is a shame because if you can see something is having a, you know, a direct effect on people, there's a direct correlation, it would be great to have a kind of support system built into it in a way. I don't really know what I mean by that, but, you know, a more implemented kind of structure as opposed to apply for help when it's kind of too late and then don't actually hear back for six months. Like, I remember when I went through student welfare when I was in Liverpool and I didn't hear back from them until literally months and months after I dropped out. And I was like, a bit late now, babes. <laughs> and then this year I applied for uh, support from student welfare in like, I want to say January. And I heard from them recently and I was like, do you know what? Term's ending. I'm gonna, it's gonna be summer. It's gonna be hot girl summer. Don't talk to me. <laughs> no, I did not say that. I was like, uh, I've gone private for therapy, so you can give the space to someone else because it's also the end of term. <laughs> Social media as well really plays into this and exaggerates it because for me, I find it so difficult seeing. Okay, obviously, it's so easy to sit there and say Instagram is just or snap snapchat stories all that shit just social media in general is just highlights of people's lives you know you're not seeing the down days you're not seeing the times when people couldn't be bothered getting out of bed till 3pm or when they were crying themselves to sleep because they feel like they have no friends you know you don't see that so I can very much sit here and say that it's just the highlights, you know? I can look at people posting that they're on holidays and think they're not always on holiday. I can understand that. But I find it really, really difficult when I was already in a really bad headspace seeing people posting, and that's not on them because everyone does this, but seeing people posting out and about all the time with new friends here, there and everywhere. My brain did not know how to cope with that. And that just made me feel a hundred times worse. Because even if you can, even if in that headspace I was able to be like, that's just their highlights, they're probably thinking a lot of these things too. When you're in that headspace, it's really, really difficult to tell yourself that. Because even if that is just their highlights, you're like, well, I don't have those highlights. (laughs) So by default, even if you're trying to not be in that headspace, it makes you feel like shit. Social media is great for a lot of things. Making you feel lonely is something that it is really terrible for. We are not wired to see what thousands of people are constantly getting up to. Do you know, like, think about when our parents were kids or 
young adults. If they didn't go on a night out, they wouldn't have FOMO. Well, maybe they would, actually. But it'd be more, like, in their own head. It wouldn't be because they're seeing everything. Or if they weren't told about something, then they just wouldn't know what happened. It's that simple. Or if they went to a different place from where other people went to unis, you wouldn't have something to compare it to. You would just be trying to make the best of your situation without constantly getting yourself down and worked up about comparing yourselves to other people's situations. So, yeah, I mean, it's one thing social media is a huge killer for. The thing is, as well, is that I think actually near enough, I mean, I could be wrong. (laughs) Maybe it's just the people I've spoken to about this. But I think a lot of people do feel all these things, but no one actually wants to admit it. No one wants to have these conversations. Everyone wants to try and pretend they're having the time of their life. But who's that actually benefiting? Because it's not benefiting the person saying it. Maybe it is. Fake it till you make it. Maybe. (laughs) I don't think it is. I don't think it's benefiting them. And then it's making other people feel shit because they're like, oh, no one else feels like this. But I think it's really normal to feel out of place. You've just come from somewhere where you know everyone. Everyone is from like within a very small radius of each other. You know your way around. You know where you like to eat. You know where you like to drink. You have, you know, all these hobbies that you already do. You know, you go to dance class on a Thursday and you go to yoga on a Saturday morning. All these routines and... All of a sudden, you're just in this completely new, unknown place with all these people that are so different to you. They've got different accents to you. They've got different opinions to you. You know, some people are very immature. Some people are very mature. Some people are going crazy because it's, you know, their first bit of freedom, their first time away from home. And everyone has different tastes and everything. And it is really, really normal. Like, can you not just hear from all those things I've just said how normal it would then be to feel out of place in this new environment? It's okay if you're not having the time of your life. It's okay to feel out of place. But the quicker we can all stop pretending that it's all smooth sailing and the best experience of our lives the quicker we can actually start meeting expectations with the reality so that we don't have the shock of our lives going into something that isn't what we thought it was. And we need to just start talking more openly about it. Like, I will happily sit here and tell you I don't think university's all it's cracked up to be. And I know there's people listening to this probably completely disagreeing with me. And I'm really, really happy for you that that is the case. Like, if it genuinely was the best time of your life, that's incredible. That's amazing for you. But I just don't think that is the case for a lot of people and people just refuse to talk about it. Like, I can guarantee you when you're lying in bed at night in your student halls, those thoughts are going through 99% of other people's heads. But then everyone wakes up in the morning and is like, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm amazing. Coming out tonight. La la la. <laughs> when we can start talking about it more honestly, we can start to manage our expectations of it and actually have, you know, a real view of what it's going to be like. And then we'll be better equipped with how to deal with it and how to cope with these things and what to do in these situations. Like imagine you were just told it's going to be difficult. You know, friends don't just 
show up at your doorstep and all of a sudden, besties. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And the more real we are about the way it does work, then the less we'll feel like we've been hit by a ton of bricks <laughs> when it actually happens. So if any of this resonates with you, I don't want you to be lying in bed at night feeling like you're a failure for not enjoying it as much as you think you should be. Because trust me, so many other people are in the same boat. So many other people are feeling lonely, feeling out of place, feeling anxious, depressed, all these things. But no one's talking about it. You're not a failure by any stretch of the imagination for things not being perfect. So let's all just get off our high horse and stop pretending like it is. That was such a rambly episode. I'm really sorry. It was very disjointed. (laughs) I did have like loads of notes on my phone. And usually when I have notes on my phone, it makes it a lot easier to kind of structure it and stick to, you know, certain points. But I wrote this at like three o'clock in the morning one night. I always get my ideas like really late at night. And yeah, I wrote this at like three o'clock in the morning and you can really tell that I was very tired because <laughs> my thoughts are just very all over the place. So I'm sorry about that, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for all the love and support. If there's anything you want me to talk about or cover in my podcast, please just give me a message on Instagram and let me know. I love you all loads and I'll speak to you in the next episode. Bye.